Hello, I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors of Horizon Church. Thank you so much for taking time to connect to God with us this morning. In a world longing for things that matter, Horizon Church is a movement of God committed to helping you and others find their God-given purpose through connection, through impact, and through generosity. We are so excited to see the ways that God transforms you in order that you may live out the purpose that God has for you in the world. It's going to change your life, and it's going to change the world. And we give all the thanks to Jesus. This morning, we begin a new message series, Fruit of the Spirit. In a world that is broken and divided, what does it look like? that we expect that God will use us as we connect to God to offer something different to a world desperate and longing for it. What happens when we expect that in turmoil and calamity, we have peace and not anxiety? What happens when life is slow and lacks excitement that we expect to experience and share joy with the world? What happens when everything around us has convinced us that fear and hate is the only way forward? And God says, nope, I expect you to love and to be loved. What if I told you that through this message series, I believe God is going to change our expectations and God is going to change us from the inside out, that we may offer to one another, to our families, and to the world. Fruit that is something they're longing for. Good, juicy, awesome fruit in a world that expects so many of us to offer something rotten and nasty to them. What if I told you that I believe in this message series we are going to be transformed, that we may offer a good and wholesome fruit to a world that needs it, not because of us, but because of the work God is doing in us and through us. 22 years ago, as a teen, a young teen, a 12-year-old, actually a preteen, I visited New York City for the first time. I was born and raised in a small town nestled in the foothills of North Carolina. It was a tiny, tiny place, Sandy Ridge, North Carolina. And my mom packed all five of us on an airplane and we flew on an airplane from Raleigh-Durham to LaGuardia Airport in New York City. I remember even before the plane touched down being absolutely mesmerized by this huge, busy, bustling city. From the window of the airplane, I could see skyscrapers that were just amazingly tall, and there were millions of them. You could see, even from the sky, these bustling and busy streets of New York City. I don't know what I was expecting, but I knew I was going to be in for something that was going to blow my mind. We stepped off the plane and LaGuardia Airport and made our way to a taxi cab, one of those yellow taxi cabs in, in New York City. For whatever reason, four of us piled in the back seat, my mom, my brother, my sister and I, piled in the back seat of just a plain yellow taxi cab in New York City and my stepdad sat in the front seat. I remember when we sat down in the taxi cab, the taxi cab driver says, no air condition. We were like, great, it's the middle of July, it's 9,000 degrees, it's hot as 
blue blazes out here and there's no air condition in this car. So we roll the back windows down. I'm prone to getting car sick. So I knew it wasn't gonna take long before I wasn't gonna be feeling well. We pull off from the airport three inches from the bumper of the car in front of us. I had never in my life seen someone drive 55 miles an hour, two inches from the person in front of us. Just, I mean, we were flying down these packed and crowded streets, zipping in and out of traffic. And I was a nervous wreck. And me, who's prone to getting car sick, was like, I'm gonna be sick. So I look over at my brother, we're all sweating and stuck together in the back seat with this hot city air flowing into our faces. And I was like, I'm gonna be very, very sick. And the taxi cab driver says, if she gets sick in my car, you're paying extra. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I just want people to be nice to me. I feel terrible, I'm sick as can be. And, and this guy's just like, you're gonna pay if you get sick in, in this car. So my brother's like, oh my gosh, don't puke. And I'm like, I'm gonna be so sick. Oh my gosh, we're gonna hit the car in front of us. And sure enough, we drive to Manhattan. Our hotel is in Manhattan, the, it's like packed streets. This taxi cab driver literally, y'all, I'm not kidding, smacks into the car in front of us. And I was like, what is happening? Oh my gosh, we were just in a car accident. And do you know what he does? He puts the car in reverse, backs up from behind that car, goes around it, and we leave the scene of the accident. My stepdad, who's sitting in the front seat, like looks over at the guy and he's like, you just drive off from accident? He's like, oh yeah, that'll probably happen another three times today. My sister and I are like, where are we? Like, what is happening? And, and Sandy Ridge, like where there are no accidents, we would still be like changing cell phone numbers and insurance information. And, and these people just hit each other and drive off. It was crazy. I was like, we're gonna get to spend the night in a New York City jail because we just like hit someone and ran. Like this is bizarre. This was the wildest thing I'd ever experienced in my life. I was sick. I was hot. The streets were bustling. People were angry all around us. People were, you know, blowing their horns, shooting these one finger gestures at one another. It was crazy. It was just, it was just wild. It was absolutely wild. And I remember my sister looked over at me and she said, I don't know what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. I don't know what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. Goodness gracious. Those words have been so true in that moment and in so many moments after that. I don't know what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. Three weeks into my first job, I don't know what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. I don't know what I was expecting in this marriage that I'm in, but this, this isn't it. I don't know what I was expecting parenthood to be like, but this, this wasn't it. I don't know what I was expecting a world to look like after COVID, but this, this isn't it. I don't know what I was expecting, but this, this isn't it. Somehow, Somehow our culture has convinced us that we should come to expect that life is always easy and happy. They've given us this expectation, the culture, the world that we live in has given us this expectation that we should, we should be easy and happy all the time. I don't, 
I don't know what you were expecting, but happy and easy isn't it. And I feel like because of these false expectations we have and we live into in our lives, so many of us are living our lives upset that we're upset, sad that we're sad, disappointed that we're disappointed, overwhelmed by being overwhelmed, anxious about being anxious, bored about being bored. And what if I told you, what if I told you that it might just be because our expectations aren't right? God wants to change our expectations. What if I told you that a life connected to God a life connected to God won't fix sadness or despair. It's not going to fix being overwhelmed or anxious. It's not going to fix those things. But, in a, but a life that's connected to God can produce love even in the face of hate and fear. A life connected to God can produce peace even in the face of things that makes us, makes us anxious. That even in the face of boredom, we can and will experience joy when we have a life connected to God. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life I want and I've been longing for this past week. When the circumstances of my life convince me that I should expect to be more anxious, more overwhelmed, more sad, more bored, more whatever, God says you can expect me to, to produce something in you that allows you to experience something different in your life. These people in this town of Galatia 2,000 years ago were asking these same kind of questions. They looked at their pastor and they said, we're sad that we're sad. We're upset that we're upset. We're disappointed that we're disappointed. We're bored of being bored. We're anxious about the future. And this is what their pastor looks at them and says, he says, God offers you something different. See, the fruit, the fruit, the, the things you're going to produce in your life because you're connected to the Spirit. Listen to this. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of a life connected to God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, not fear, not hate. It's love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy, not boredom. Not overwhelmingness, but joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace in a world that's anxious and worried. The fruit of the Spirit offers peace in a world rushing so fast to the next thing. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. It patiently waits for the goodness of God. The fruit of the Spirit in a rude and rotten world is kindness. The fruit of a life connected to the Spirit of God produces goodness. In a world that's looking and expects to be cheated, God says, my people who are connected to me are going to offer goodness in the world. In a world, in a world that has forgotten what it's like to be loyal or connected or faithful, God says that a fruit of a life connected to me is faithfulness. In a world expecting things to be harsh and angry, the people of God who are connected to the Spirit offer 
gentleness. In a world where we've been taught to just solve every fancy and, and, and give in to every whim, God says a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, is peace and patience, is kindness and goodness, is faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Against these things, there is no law. So how do we get there? How in a broken and rotten world do we trust God? Do we expect God? How in a broken and rotten world do our expectations change so that we expect God to do something different in us and through us? And Paul says our expectations change when our lives are connected to the Spirit of God. If you are ready to live a life that is different, a life connected to the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ is going to do that. It's really simple. It's really simple. The fruit of the Spirit is able to grow in your life because you are connected to the Holy Spirit of God. You are connected to Jesus through the Holy Spirit and you are able to offer love and joy and peace and patience. You're able to offer kindness and goodness. You're able to offer faithfulness and gentleness. And you are a person of self-control. So how do we get there? I think the very first thing that Paul tells these folks in the church of Galatia, the very first thing, the very first thing that God tells them through Paul is to admit that a new way of life is needed and is possible. Admit. Admit that the way you are living your life is unmanageable. You can no longer control things on your own. Admit that. Admit that a new way of life is needed and admit that it is possible only through a connection to God. You're not going to be able to grow these fruit by yourself. So you need to admit you live in a broken and rotten world. You need to admit that the things you've tried to do in your life all by yourself, they're not working anymore. You need to admit that just striving to be the best parent, just willing yourself to be a calm and self-controlled mom, just willing yourself to be loving in the face of fear, just willing yourself to be patient in a fast-paced world, that just willing yourself to do that isn't enough by itself. You need something more. You need a connection to God who wants to offer you a different way of life who wants to change your expectations and who begins to change the expectations of the world because what, if, what it is that God is able to do in you and through you in this world. Admit. Admit that you cannot do this by yourself, that a new way of life is needed and is possible through a connection to God. Acknowledge. Acknowledge that you are incapable of growing this good fruit on your own. Acknowledge that patience is only going to come through a connection with Jesus Christ. Admit, acknowledge that the only way you can be loving and joyful in a boring and fearful world is to be connected to Jesus. Admit 
Be aware, acknowledge that you can only grow this fruit of love and joy, of peace and patience, of kindness and goodness, and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You can only grow this through connection to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Acknowledge, acknowledge that you cannot grow this fruit by yourself and it's okay because you don't have to. God loves you. God has a purpose, a special purpose for you. Acknowledge that God wants to use you for a mighty purpose in this world, but that you cannot get there by yourself. That the job that you have isn't going to produce this fruit in you. Only God can produce it. Admit that the next thing isn't going to do this for you. Only God can do that. Acknowledge that, that just when this season of COVID or the season of stress or, or this divorce is finalized or this season of whatever, when all of that is fixed and settled down, then I'll be patient. Then I'll be good. Then I'll be kind. Then I'll be loving. Then I'll have joy. That's not how life works. That's not what God says. God says, be connected to me. And even in the face of these hard things, it's not going to be able to be explained, but only in the face of these things will you offer love and joy and peace and, and, and patience because you are connected to me. Acknowledge that nothing is going to grow this fruit in your life except a connection to God. Acknowledge that nothing is going to connect you to this fruit that God wants to grow in your life, except a connection to God. Be aware that connection to God is the only thing that's gonna grow this fruit in your life. I got a call one night at 1 a.m. My husband was a youth pastor at the time in Nashville, Tennessee. And we got the phone call that you never wanna get. A youth says, Chris, how long will it take you to get here? There's been an accident. We grabbed our sweatshirts and our, our tennis shoes and we headed off to the scene of an accident having no idea what we were going to encounter but expecting the absolute worst. We get there and there are two cop cars parked with the lights blaring blue in the middle of the night. There had been an accident. And this is what we didn't expect. We didn't expect the best and kindest youth that we had ever met in our entire life. The youth who, if we asked to jump, would say how high. The youth who we could always expect to be an amazing leader and, and who was a phenomenal human being. We didn't expect to see him handcuffed at the scene of the accident and in the back of a police car. That's not what we were expecting. In that moment, I remember shaking and being fearful. No one was hurt but one of our favorite kids, one of the brightest and best kids we'd ever met in our entire life was being arrested because he was only 15 years old and he had wrecked a car into a tree. Let me say it again, no one was hurt. So our very worst expectation didn't come true, but we did not expect to find the best and kindness, kindest and, and best youth that we'd ever seen in our lives. We didn't expect to find him handcuffed and in the back of a police car. And this is what happened in the moments following that. Chris, Chris was on the scene and the dad asked if Chris would ride with him down to the police precinct. The guy was, the, the youth was gonna have to be, be arrested. He was gonna be arrested. He was gonna be booked in to jail and they were gonna pick him up from, from the jail downtown. Chris said he would ride in that moment. I, I've never seen a dad just carry the weight uh, and, and the pain of seeing his kid, but who absolutely 
exuded peace and patience and love. I remember he looked at his son, he called him by name. And as the police car was, was door was shut, I remember him looking at him and he saying, said, I love you, son. In one of the most humiliating moments of this kid's life, in a moment that called for anxiety, that called for being overwhelmed, that, that called for fear and even punishment by this dad maybe, he looked at his son in the, one of the most humiliating moments of his life and he said, I love you, son. Before you take the longest and hardest ride of your 15 years of life, I need you to know that in the face of fear and pain, in the face of humiliation and shame, I love you, son. And I'm going to be behind you in a car. And Chris, my husband, got in the driver's seat of that car and he drove that dad to the downtown jail precinct. So that this son in the midst of a turmoil and chaos would know love and peace, would know that there was patience, that they would patiently wait for this next step of the process. In the midst of wanting to, to just fix everything, this dad was exhibiting self-control and goodness. He was being kind to his son and to the police officers around him. He was exhibiting fruits that I cannot begin to explain how he was doing it. And I will, I'll never forget, Chris calls me after he drops him off. It was 2.30 a.m. in the morning. He, he dropped the son and the dad back off at their house after he'd been, you know, he'd been booked and the, the kid was brought back out. And he called me and said, Erica, I have never seen a love so deep for a son. I want to love my kids. I want to be that kind of dad. And I remember him saying, he had a fruit that I can't explain in that moment, except that he was connected to God through Jesus. He was connected to God through Jesus. And in that moment, everything changed. The way he parented changed. The way that, that this dad responded to crisis and chaos, it changed. We were expecting everything to be bonkers and crazy. And instead, it was calm and collected because the fruit of the spirit of this dad who was connected to Jesus changed everything. I urge you today to be connected to God, not, not because the whole world is going to change in some magnificent way this single moment that you do this, but your world will change. The world that you've expected to hand you turmoil and rottenness is going to change, and the way you respond to it is going to change when you are connected to God. It happens instantaneously and it continues to happen day after day after day. In the face of boredom and anxiety, you are connected to a God who offers love and goodness. In a world where your boss expects something crazy of you, you offer gentleness. In a world that, that says parenting is about offering these boundaries and this punishment when they don't hit it, you offer love and gentleness and patience. And in a world that has expected everybody to offer something bitter and gross in the face of whatever they're facing, you, my friends, offer something different because you are connected to Jesus. The world needs you connected to Jesus. God needs you connected to Jesus. God wants you connected to Jesus. God wants love and goodness and kindness and peace and joy and patience and self-control growing in you because God can use that to change the world. Admit, 
admit that we need a new way. You need a new way to live your life and the world needs a new way to experience life. Acknowledge that you can't grow this fruit on your own. The next thing, the new thing, it's not going to fix it. The only thing that's going to fix the, the issues in our world is a connection to Jesus. And let's be aware that our connection to God will produce a different kind of fruit in our world. This week, I want you, I want you to be really intentional about connecting to the Spirit of God through Jesus. I'm going to ask you right now to go to horizontpa slash info. I want you, horizontpa.info, horizontpa.info. I want you to connect, click on the connect to God this week icon. Connect to God this week. I want you to click on that icon and I want you to sign up. I want you to put your email address in and every single day at 5 a.m. I'm going to send you a short scripture reading, a short reading from the Bible and a devotion and a prayer. We're going to really intentionally connect to God this week and to begin to see the fruit that God is going to grow in our lives because you need it, the world needs it, and the people around you need it. God is ready to do something amazing for you. God has a purpose for you a purpose to, to, to connect with him and to connect to the world around us in ways that offer something no one's expecting, love and joy and peace and patience, goodness and self-control. I love you and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the ways you are willing to be connected to God who wants to offer something really good to the world.